This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Kyle Jones of Higdon Outdoors, Momarsh, and Power Calls. And we go over a ton of waterfowl topics. Very knowledgeable person. So, quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right in right into this week's podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at... 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com and did I mention if you're not in the area they also do shipping so that's great be sure to check them out guys we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at white rock decoys be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks silhouettes and fully collapsible floater decoys we'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Graybeard, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and our guest tonight is Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? Good. Very good. Thank you guys for thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We always enjoy getting guests on and meeting new people and finding out kind of what different hunting is like in different parts of the country. Where where are you based out of? Uh, I actually live in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Um, so that's the very you know, largest city in Western Kentucky, um, just below, you know, Southern Illinois, 45 minutes from the boot heel of Missouri and, uh, Northwest Tennessee, uh, West Tennessee is about an hour away and Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas is about an hour and a half to two hours. So kind of, 
kind of located in a, a, a hotbed of, you know, of a migration pattern. I live, you know, five minutes, right, right where I live now, I live five minutes from the Ohio River, and I'm about 20 to 25 minutes from uh, where the Ohio River and the Mississippi River meet. So, I mean, two, it's pretty good, uh, it can be pretty good uh, duck hunting um, when the time's right. Mm. So I've done, I actually went down to Kentucky for the first time this year for a duck hunt, um, in the teal and wood duck season. You guys do uh, very good around that time of year. Yeah, actually, um, we have, we have a, they have a refuge right by us that they actually opened up, um, the refuge for wood duck hunters, um, to kind of, they, they get in there. I mean, there's, it's, it's stacked full of guys, but I mean, the wood duck hunting and the teal hunting, uh, is, is pretty good. I didn't really get into the teal, um, like I was hoping to, uh, but I know a lot of my buddies were just pounding, uh, wood ducks for the longest time. So it was, it was pretty good. I know a lot of guys, uh, are pretty big fans of going wood duck hunting over there. Nice. Nice. And so, uh, kind of give us a little bit of history background about yourself and, uh, um, what you got going on. Yeah, so um, I work for Higdon Outdoors, uh, Power Calls, and Momarsh. Uh, I'm one of the sales uh, sales account managers there. Um, and then, you know, I, I grew up uh, in Washington State and moved to Michigan. Uh, and then Michigan, uh, in Washington, I learned how to duck hunt. Michigan, we had a higher Canada goose hunting population. Uh, or Canada goose, Canada goose population. So I started hunting Canada geese pretty regularly. Um, got into goose and duck calling contests uh, and did pretty well in those. In 2008, I uh, won the Junior World Goose Calling Championship. And then this past year in 2018, I won the, the Senior World Goose Calling Championship. Wow. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun, you know, hunting know learning so many different areas uh to hunt meeting just a ton of guys and uh all of their styles is is very cool um but yeah just taking it you know day by day and i guess trying to hunt as much as i can so what were those what were those three companies again it was uh uh higdon higdon outdoors so you know we make duck decoys goose decoys now turkey decoys um and then power calls uh duck goose calls and turkey calls um and then momarsh which is uh like blinds uh dog blinds man blinds and layout boats um so you know the the shallow water system type uh layout uh layout boats layout blinds everything like that awesome are, the, so are these companies connected together or yes. are they totally separate yeah, no, so Higdon Outdoors is like the major company and then um Higdon Outdoors owns Power Calls. Um and then recently in May, this past May, Higdon Outdoors acquired Momarsh. Um so it's uh, it's kind of like a whole one-stop shop for waterfowlers. So say guys want to, you know, they come in and want duck decoys, they can leave with duck decoys a call and a blind, you know. It's it's a pretty cool setup. Um, how we've got it going on. And then whenever we deal with, you know, like our dealers, like Rogers and Max Prairie Wings, like they don't have to go through 
really, you know, three different reps. Now they can go through one guy, you know, so it, it makes it easier for them. And I mean, easier for us too, in a way, cause it, you know, it, it helps, uh, with selling our stuff too. So being a, a sales manager there, are you actually on site, um, with that, or is it kind of a offsite deal? Oh yeah. Um, so with most of the time, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I've got an office there and most of the time I'm just operating out of there. Uh, we do have, you know, a period of time during the off season where we go and, you know, make our sales calls and kind of show, show our dealers new products and everything like that and touch up and just kind of try to build those relationships as best as we possibly can. Um, so that way, you know, they, they feel more comfortable with, I mean, they're, they're investing, you know, in our company as we're investing in them. So they, you know, just trying to build those relationships is, uh, uh, is key for us. So, you know, in the off season, that's, that's a big time. So 90% of the time we're in the offices and then the other 10% of the time we're on the road, um, and everything like that. So a lot of, uh, duck hunting in that line of work and <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I wish there was, I wish there was more. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's turned into, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just, you know, one day out of the weekend or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to get out whenever I can and I wish I could duck hunt more, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, yeah, we can't get out as much as we want to. So does everyone in those companies typically hunt or are there some people that don't and what's it not like? Um, our company is actually for, for the, 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 the large, you know, following that we have and, you know, with the amount of dealers that we have and accounts, you'd think that we're, you know, we've got a ton of guys working for us, but really I mean, there's not, we don't have a ton of employees here. Um, I think there's maybe three or four, uh, that maybe they might not hunt, but that would be like, you know, um, like our, our sales manager or, or not our sales manager, but like our shipping manager, um, or something like that, or, or office manager, they don't, they don't hunt, but all of the guys that are pushing the products, selling them, repairing them, or, um, processing, you know, like talking to the, talking to the customers, those are the people that they actually hunt because, you know, there, there's a, we don't want that disconnect, you know, with, <laughs> with guys, you know, that's so important with whenever a customer calls, like, I get it. I get asked all the time. They're like, do you duck hunt? And I'm like, well, yeah, duck hunt. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> yeah. like, but, and then, but then there's like, there's times where guys are like, man, I, you know, I called another company and, and the guy didn't even, you know, he didn't, he doesn't duck hunt. So I didn't know, you know, so, you know, most, most people there hunt. I mean, 95%, there's, I think there's two or three employees there that don't actually hunt. Um, but they have, you know, family members that do. So it's nothing, you know, nothing crazy. We all kind of understand everything that's going on, but you know, we don't, they don't want somebody that's answering the phone that has no idea how to set these things up, the wind and all that, you know what I'm saying? So it's how to hide them, brush them in, you know, they don't want that. So, so when you're at the office, are you guys share hunting information and location? Like, Oh, here's uh, where I went. Or is it secretive? Man, it's a, uh, you, there's a fine line that <laughs> I think that, I, I think that 
as waterfowlers get more and more, you know, a, a newbie, you know, a guy that's been in it a year or two, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, we shot 26 ducks back to left around the corner, you know, go back <laughs> a half mile. And whereas, you know, as you gain more knowledge and kind of understand how guys, a lot of guys work, you know, unfortunately, that how a lot of, you know, some guys work and everything like that, um, we tend to, you know, there's guys that will call me like, well, you know, uh, have you been seeing many ducks? And I'm like, well, well, you know, the, the migration is, we got a good push and they're like, well, where, where are you? And we're like, well, we're in Western Kentucky. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not, we're <laughs> yeah. not in that, this exact location, this yeah. exact location, you know, it's, um, you know, if, if a guy, if a guy calls and, you know, he's, you know, trying to get a gauge on an area or an outfitter or anything like that, you know, if we know, know the person that they want, you know, the, the outfitter or anything like that, obviously we're going to, we're going to put in a good word and try to get them set up for success. You know, we're not ever going to leave somebody hanging and, you know, point them in the right direction or the wrong direction. We want to always try to help them as much as possible, but there's also some things we got to, we got to keep up our sleeves too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to hold on to it tight. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's one thing Jordan and I have to balance because both of us have have YouTube channels that are growing and we post most of our hunts and everything. So it's such a fine line between not showing too much and mm -hmm. being paranoid about what you're showing. <laughs> and it, I, it, I have not seen anything deteriorate as far as my spots yet. I, I've been yeah. doing it four years now, but certainly it's uh, makes us a bit nervous. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it. Where we're at is. It's very, very, there's very, very few public uh, spots. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, most of the times around here, it, you're pretty safe with, you know, posting pictures, videos, Snapchats, whatever. Um, but, you know, whenever you start to get over to the public side of it, guys recognize a lot of stuff that's going on, where you're at. And they're like, oh, man, how'd that go over there? And they're like, wait a second i didn't even tell you <laughs> oh I, I saw you know i saw the i saw the wall or the bridge in the background or something like that. i was like whoa 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 you know it's <laughs> but uh no it's it's a it's a growing sport so i mean obviously there's there's gonna be a little bit of downside to it but you know it's it's good to see it growing in in, in a way i guess but uh no we we try to um yeah, we, well, the club I'm in now, they, since it's so privatized, I mean, they were very, very against pictures, any pictures being posted anywhere. They're like, nope, nope, nope. Now they're trying to get, they're starting to get more lenient because they're starting to understand, like, okay, we've we've actually got, you know, this land locked up for a very, very long time. So it's, 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 it's so so, I guess, in a way. But yeah. So you, you said uh, kind of something touch on that you said there. Uh, you say the sport is a growing sport. So are you guys seeing uh, where where are you seeing the growth from that, or where are you? Um, well, there's more. You guys, I'm sure you've seen the numbers. Hunter numbers are declining, right? Um, unfortunately, but at the same time waterfowl i feel like waterfowl you see more and more people waterfowl hunting and that might be because of just social media you see it everywhere you know but uh we're seeing a lot of growth within that you know that 18 year old to 25 26 year old 
um, number. And I'm sure if, you know, if you guys go to like, say you go to Rogers sporting goods show, the, the Rogers weekends or something like that, you see a bunch of 18 to 25, 26 year old guys running around buying decoys, everything like that. So that's, that's really where we see the most amount of our growth, um, there because I, I don't really under, I don't really know why maybe it's cause it's, you know, I mean, duck hunting, you can kind of, you can really, I mean, unless you're up in like the mountains or something like that, you can really go just about anywhere and sit in a marsh or walk through a marsh or a, a flooded timber spot and be able to duck hunt. But, um, that would probably be where we see the most amount of growth. I, I would totally agree with you. In fact, we've had this conversation, um, throughout the, the year we've been doing the podcast and, and that, I don't have the numbers to back it up, but it very much seems as though we have a big influx of hunters in their early 20s. And my, my personal belief as to what it is is a couple factors, at least in the, in the Midwest, that when I grew up, pheasant and quail hunting and deer hunting is what everyone wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and as we saw a decline of the upland hunting in the area, and then you have duck commander coming on the scene that, I mean, everyone loved duck commander, whether you hunted or not there for a while. I mean, it was huge. And, and with social media, duck hunting has kind of become, it's the easiest sport to jump into. Yes. And it's become trendy and fashionable at the same time. Absolutely. Um, I, would, so, I, would, I would completely agree with you there. And we've talked a lot about the, the problem with that is that a lot of these guys that are jumping into it haven't had any kind of grandfather or father that has taught them proper ethics. Yes. And so we kind of have a crisis of, um, an, an ethical crisis, I, I believe, of how a lot of these guys are conducting themselves just because they haven't had any training, not because they're bad people. They don't know shot selection. They don't know marsh etiquette, you know, um, just because they don't have anyone. They're just jumping into it because it's they, it's fun. Once you do it, it's addictive. It's easy to jump into. It's trendy. And so that's something we're trying, trying to figure out ways to address is just how to be part of that force that's educating some of these guys and helping them through the process. But overall, I definitely think it's a good thing to have that number, even that, uh, that age group growing. Absolutely. Um, in yeah, the sport absolutely. as well. Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I'd say it's a blessing. And, uh, as you stated, uh, you, you called it a crisis, but <laughs> I, well, I, a, cri a crisis, not because the numbers are crisis because of, we've got these untrained numbers coming into it that just don't, understand they haven't been trained by a mentor mm -hmm. and so the crisis is in just the um valuing limits over all else i mean if you don't shoot a limit and put a huge pile on instagram you haven't had a good day you know and and setting up too close to people and taking unethical shots that's the crisis that i'm speaking of but i'm sure that's happened forever but um, <laughs> it just I, seems like it's that younger crowd a little more frequently than the older ones i would very much so agree with you there, Elliot. I mean, that's, that is, that's, that's the reason why we can't sit here and really disclose a ton of location information, you know, cause you know that some guy is sitting there trying to figure out where you're hunting, where all the shots are coming from. And it's just, you know, I understand it is, you know, they're, they're wanting to be to have a successful hunt as well. But at the same time, like, you know, you get to the marsh at, or the or or the blind at you set up at five thirty in the morning and some guy comes in at six fifteen seventy or less yard I mean seventy yards would be a ways away I mean a ways away yeah. in some guys' cases you know so yep. um 
there's a lot shooting at swing ducks or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that these young guys could be, could be taught. Um, I would agree with you a ton. I mean, it's the, the best thing that you can compare it to would be, uh, like, say you go to the gym in January where you have all the new year's resolution people that (laughs) are kind of like meandering their way through the gym equipment and, and sitting on the equipment too long and they don't know, they don't understand the etiquette of everything. They don't understand how the boat ramps work or, or, you know, um, just the rules, unwritten rules, stuff like that, you know, and I would agree with you there, man. A lot of guys don't know, uh, the processes that, that go into the, the, the whole hunt. I mean, it doesn't need to be, you don't have to shoot a seven man limit of green heads only, to, to be to have a successful hunt you know that's something we we'd love to do and strive for but you know it, at the end of the day that's not something that that's that's not something that's vastly important you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so absolutely but yeah yep so not to put you in the hot seat or anything but what do you think uh, would be a good way to kind of um head off this type of situation uh, man you guys, and I, I'm not sure. I'd have to, you know, watch some of the the YouTube videos that you guys have. But that's that's really the best place to start. You know, there's a lot of guys now that are getting more and more and more and more popular on YouTube. You know, it's easy to watch on your phone. Um, you know, I could I could sit there and I could go YouTube how to tune a duck call with a duck blind uh, or a goose call uh, in the duck blind one day and have my goose call or duck call tuned in about five minutes, you know? So I think that maybe breaking down, you know, during the off season would probably be easier. Cause then you're not going to be distracted by like incoming ducks and stuff like that. But, um, I think, you know, putting out that information in a positive way, um, is probably the best way to do it. You know, if you can, if you can attract the, the viewers, um, uh, through you know your youtube channel and youtube series and you know spin it off in a positive way you know most of the time you get on facebook instagram uh, or anything like that man other hunters are constantly bashing other hunters you know what i'm saying for those decisions whereas if you guys or somebody could go in and do it in, in a positive way and like a reinforcing way of trying to play that role of that guy that, you know, like you said earlier, you didn't have the, the father grandfather type influence of teaching them the proper way. If you could do that, I think you'd see a lot of guys start to learn and actually work ducks instead of shooting them at 55, 60 yards. You wouldn't have guys setting up on top of each other or, you know, all of that stuff. I think that would probably be the best way to do it versus, and then maybe get into it on and post those on, you know, your social media networks, like Facebook pages and stuff like that. Cause I mean, you guys, I mean, you can't, man, you can't go on to Facebook and this is, this might get into a completely different rant, but you can't go on to Facebook and be like, Hey man, like what, what choke do you guys recommend? That's like the number one I see every day on Facebook is like, what choke do you guys recommend? And like, there's just, dudes that just rip this guy to shreds because they're like you know they just it just it is what it is but you know it's the same thing with 
guys getting on there and bickering about hunting spots, hunting locations and, and how to set up and how close to set up to guys. And, you know, if you can do it in a positive way and post about it, I mean, you, you can influence for sure. Yeah. Agree. Well said. Yeah. So I kind of, kind of changing subjects here. Uh, kind of what's, uh, I guess the coolest thing about working in the waterfowl industry or what kind of, uh, you know, um, advantages or maybe not advantages. I don't know what the right wording I'm trying to go with for, but you know, what are some, yeah, sure. We'll go with advantages you have to working in the waterfowl industry. Um, man, number one thing that is, you know, one number one coolest thing about what I do and, and, and about working in the hunting industry is man, the, the connections and the, the friendships that you can make, you know, cause that's, that's all hunting is really. I mean, it's, it's all about spending those time, that time with people, um, that share the same passion as you, um, and being able to just talk to so many different people. I mean, whether they work for a, a competitor or they work for, you know, a sponsor of your, of your, of your show or something like that. I mean, it, the relationships you can build from that just from other guys working in the hunting industry is is awesome but then you add in the fact that every single person that calls you asking a question about some decoys or anything like that like that's cool too because you can all you know instantly instantaneously talk duck hunting you can instantaneously talk goose hunting or how the birds are working where you're located at i think that's probably one of the coolest parts about it um Another cool thing is, I mean, we're, we're able to, you know, kind of test products and improve them and try to make them better. Um, so that way the guys, we can maybe not in a sense, make, make it more effective. I mean, cause I mean, there's products that are out there that make your hunt more effective, but to make your hunt a little bit easier or, um, to give you a little bit better advantage um i think that's that's another cool part about it you know like you right now their the shot show deal is they're releasing all those all these new products well you know we're there's the products those were all tested by guys you know all throughout the past year two years or whatever so i think it it's it's cool to be able to to work on that developmental side of it and and really try to just help improve um and and make you know a hunter's day better you know, so I think it's, it's a, it's a, there's a, there's a ton of other stuff I could keep, you know, I could keep going on and on and on, but <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, build relationships, create friendships and everything like that. And then, you know, just connect with every single customer out there. I think that's, that's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. So yeah. As, go ahead, Elliot. As far as the products go, do you have, it go like what is your f- most used product out of all your come when you when you're out waterfowl hunting i guess do you have a favorite or your go-to or the one you use the most out of everything um well i mean there's you know there's so many different scenarios but i guess like uh the the pulsator uh, we've got you know the little pulsator it's got the it's the duck feeder butt it's got the bilge pump it shoots water out it looks like it's feeding action uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a lethal, lethal product, you know, like ducks just key in on it. Um, and it's not a spinning wing decoy. I you know we have spinning wing decoys, but, 
you know, there's, you get on some of those public places where you get a lot of pressure and everything like that. And, uh, birds, I've seen birds kind of like, you know, how in each zone birds just kind of avoid each of those zones that have the spinners. And then the minute they don't see a spinner, they, they're, they're right in, you know? So I would say the the pulsator and, you know, if we're hunting water, I like, I prefer, I like our mag mallard that, uh, mag mallards that are foam filled. They're a little bit oversized. Um, but no, the pulsator, pulsator's money. That's, that's probably what, 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 what's the cost of that. Uh, the pulsator is one twenty nine ninety nine. So okay. it's 100, 129 bucks. So I, I developed a website for keeping your hunt statistics. Yeah. And on this website, you put in all your weather data and everything. So I've got um, like 3,500 hunts log, not myself, but everyone using the site. And so you yeah. can go in and sort it by how people do with wind, no wind, clear days, cloudy days. And by far, the, the worst possible scenario you can have is no wind. Yeah. Days. I mean, you yeah. drop like a bird, bird and a half per hunt average if you get below like six miles per hour on the wind. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I, I hate jerk strings. I like, I mean, I, I hate the, I hate using them. I hate dealing with the string. I hate wrapping it back up. I, I, I like them. I think they're effective. I just hate all the functionality of the jerk rig. Yeah. And um, that's definitely something that I would like to employ more electronics on is the no wind days. So what we've been, our theory that we've been trying the last couple of years is on no wind days, small spreads, a dozen, maybe two dozen, keep the decoys together and then use as much motion as you can so that every single decoy has some kind of motion on it. And I have seen the um, product you're talking about. I've seen a guy using it and it's, that's certainly, I would yeah. love to, to, to. We use a couple of those in our set. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just like in that case there, you know, uh, little to no wind. I mean, that, that thing is moving, you know, if you put a couple decoys around it, that's moving five, six, seven other decoys just with the ripples itself, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's key, you know, if they, if they want to, if, if you can do that. So are you a blue sky day guy or cloudy? Man down. So it's really varied where I've lived. Uh, and each it's it's crazy how each you know part of the country uh relies so as the duck hunters they rely so heavily on some of those days you know like down south they want clear sunny you know because they get migrating ducks um that can you know if they, you have a spinner or something like that they can see the flash they can see the decoys everything like that whereas you know in michigan if it was cold if it was less than 40 degrees and cold and clear out like we wouldn't go out till 2 30 3 o'clock in the afternoon because we knew that they weren't gonna go late so we wanted cloudy we wanted you know inclement weather same within western washington we wanted you know nasty weather we wanted uh, you know a drizzle a good rain or overcast not really a ton of sun you know because it was just that's just what we found was the best you know for those areas uh but no like down down here where i hunt uh we actually hunt on the mississippi river it's like a little you know like a little inlet there um and they want a north a nice great like you know above five mile per hour uh north to northwest wind and they want clear and sunny 
because all the ducks that are pushing down and pushing either north or south or anything like that, they're, they want, you know, they just want the sun so that they have the visibility. So mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. And they're like, I mean, they're dead set. Like they want to, they, you know, they're, we get out to the boat ramp and it starts clouding up and they, you know, immediately they're like, you know, not in the same mood as they were if, with the, when the forecast was clear and sunny, you know, they talk about those clear and sunny days, whereas the cloudy days, they just, they don't, you know, they're not, they don't rave about them. Whereas in Washington or Michigan, I would have been like, Oh dude, like we're going to, we're going to smash them today. You know? So, so I've got 275 ish hunts logged on, uh, it's freelance hunt stats is the name of the site. And yeah. out of those days here in Kansas, I do a lot better on cloudy days. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if maybe that's just certain. I don't have enough data to actually, because I don't really care on sunny versus cloudy. I just care about wind. But yeah. all, out of the over 3,000 hunts on the site, it's uh, 0.2 more uh, more ducks a hunt on a on a clear day, which isn't really? isn't much. I mean, so spread out over those 3,500 hunts nationally, it's not showing a difference at all. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's just interesting conversation. Everyone has a different thought and idea. It's just interesting. No, I mean, and all the, you know, there's obviously, you know, there's a, the guys that have the preference, I mean, they've had way better, you know, just like what your statistics are showing, you know, they're, they prefer those days versus the others just because of their past experience with it. I'm sure if they had, and, you know, I mean, if it's, there's a, there's also a difference with being overcast and, downpour of snow mm-hmm. versus versus being just overcast and like 40 degrees you know so i think that that plays a big factor into it too well and plus you like know? i got all I, I, we have all our teal hunts in the system as well well it really doesn't make that much difference on teal um, yeah if you have teal, you're going to shoot them so uh, it, it's there's so many variables that go into it that these old timers that have been doing it for years and years more than likely they know what they're talking about in the isolated place that they're they're hunting yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would agree with you there. Well, right now is probably a good time for the lightning round. Um, but before we jump into that, let's have a quick word from our partner, Lightsall. Um, Lightsall's a company that me and Elliot have um, been talking about a lot with the podcast here. And all you guys that are our normal listener, listeners uh, know about that. But um, one product that we rave about is the headlamp and it's great for waterfowlers. Super bright. Um, I'm not a big one on knowing what the actual lumens are of lights, but I can tell you firsthand that it's super bright and that, um, you know, my favorite feature of that is being able to narrow the beam um, and see a long distance with that. And only about 30 bucks. I'm surprised. I'm honestly, I keep saying that. I'm surprised it doesn't cost more. I, I, as good as that light is to me, it could be 55 bucks easy. Yeah. And uh, so from there, we'll, we'll jump right into the lightning round. Um, and so the lightning round is quick questions and quick answers. Answers. So uh, we'll jump right into it. I'm sure you'll uh, know exactly what to do as soon as we get going. Um, first question, uh, what kind of shotgun do you shoot? I shoot a uh, Beretta A400 uh, Plus, the Extreme Plus. All right. What, is what, the pl- of- what, what feature does the Plus add? So the the plus is they released it in two thousand well two thousand eighteen so it's you know it's a fairly new gun um, it's got the oversized uh, bolt handle oversized release uh, bolt release 
Um, it has imp- lengthened forcing cones. Um, and then I can't remember the name of the actual piece. It's the little, you know, the little lever whenever you're throwing a shell up into the, the magazine there that flips down. Um, it's got a evened out, uh, I guess, flipper, I guess. Uh, so you don't catch your fingers on it or anything like that. And that's got the kickoff system, uh, the kickoff plus, I want to say. Um, so it has, you know, just reduced recoil, uh, better patterning, um, just overall in general, just trying to make a better, just better shotgun, I guess. You know that gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got the A300 and I've caught my finger in that. Oh yeah. Especially the first year I used it. It hurts. <laughs> oh yeah. And that, that to me was, man, I, I've been, you know, I've shot Benelli's, I've shot Winchester's, I've shot Browning's and that was the first thing I noticed whenever I obviously other than like the, the bolt handle and the, the release, but like I, I like threw my finger up into the magazine, pulled it out. And I was like, Holy smokes. Like I didn't, I didn't even catch my finger or anything like that. Cause I've done that like so many times, say you're out layout, layout hunting and you you're chasing a goose or something like that. And you're having to throw shells in there. And man, I've, I've ripped my finger open a few times doing that. And it was just, it was just like, Oh man, that's nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what what kind of ammo do you shoot? Uh, I shoot a mixture of the heavy metals um, and actually the heavy X to um, mainly I've been sticking uh, with the heavy metals though. So I actually have a, a good amount of that still uh, left over. So it's uh, just been sticking with the heavy metals. Usually about size three inch number uh, twos. And then with the heavy X, I actually shot the three inch number sixes, and that was that was wicked stuff on some ducks. So it was it was pretty legit. So number two is on geese, and uh, number six is on ducks. Yep. Yep. And you said uh, three inch or three and a half? Uh, three inch. All right. Uh, face mask or face paint? Uh, neither. Neither <laughs> is that a, is that an option? That's that an option. An option. Okay, yeah, neither. Option C. Okay. <laughs> uh, beard or no beard? I cannot grow a beard, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a sensitive subject. We better move on. <laughs> I, I wish I could, but man, I'm, I'm, I've got about, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I've got, that's about a week and a half worth right there. So that's, that's what I'm working with. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite habitat to hunt? Um, man, that's that's tough. I I would have to say, um, I I can't ever, you know, I can't ever get away or stray away from my roots, and that's you know, sheet water, uh, pastures. So you know, uh, pastures with you know, ankle to knee deep water. Um, that's like, that's like my favorite style, you know, where you can set up full bodies, you can set up floaters, everything like that. You can hunt in a fence row or you can put out layout blinds if you feel like getting wet, you know, it's, that's probably my favorite style right there. Awesome. And, uh, one question we've been asking people a little bit more here lately. Um, what is your most memorable hunt? Um, what, what is my most memorable hunt or Yes. What? Yeah. Just tell us about your most memorable hunt. Man, um, 
Well, the most memorable hunt that I have, um, man, it's it's a mix because you know I I I am fortunate enough to to be able to hunt quite a bit. Uh, I've I've recently got you know my girlfriend. I got her into hunting, so any hunt that I'm able to get out with her uh, is pretty awesome. But actually, take that back. I do have one hunt. Uh, her mom's dad so they call him uh they call him papa you know so they he uh he came down to kentucky to visit actually just a few weeks ago um and he really you know i was like man i really really want to duck hunting um just to experience it especially around here where we're at you know we are hunting off the mississippi river we're shooting mallards in 30 35 feet deep of water um so out of a boat, out of a floating, floating boat going. So I was, you know, really, really excited because we had room in the blind and he was, you know, I asked him if he wanted to go. I'd been waiting to hear from all the other guys that were going to see if there's room to go, um, for him to go. So I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And I hunted on Saturday. They told me Saturday night, yeah, he can come tomorrow. So we went out, bought his licenses you know, he had already went and bought his duck stamp. Like he was, he was super pumped. And we, uh, we, we were, we were out hunting and there was one single mallard that came through, uh, it was a Drake and he popped up and I mean, first shot, just like done, just folds it, just crumples it. And I look over, you know, probably 10 seconds after the shot and I see him shaking and, you know, I just thought, you know, I just thought he was cold. and then. I look over about five minutes later as, you know, as we're, as the, we're getting the duck and everything like that. And he's still shaking. I'm like, are you that cold? He's like, no, I'm, I'm excited. Like he was, <laughs> he'd been shaking for probably, you know, five to 10 minutes. And it was probably like, it was probably just like the coolest thing, you know, and that, that's probably, that's something I'm probably never going to forget. You know, it's, that's just, it was just cool. You know, he's like, he looked over and was like, man, I haven't shot a duck in 45 years. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's really that's cool. Awesome. So it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. And it's impressive that you would pick out that story instead of, there was 13 of us and we shot 600 birds. And that's impressive. Yeah. Choice. <laughs> yeah I mean, those are, man, those, those, are, those are some that you're never going to forget. You know, those days where it's just like, man, we could have we hid 100 guys out there and we could have killed a bunch of them. But it's like, man, that's at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you got to sit back, you know, you got, you're, you're also, if you had a hundred guys out there, how many of those hundred people are you going to have a, a, a great relationship with and, you know, be able to connect and be able to talk about it 15, 20 years down the road and, and remember that exact moment. Whereas, you know, they're, it, it's just, it's just different. You know, it's, um, I think that's what, that's what waterfowling in my opinion is, is awesome. That's, you know, that's what makes it awesome. Part of that. So, but yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I think we could go on for a long, long time with your wealth of knowledge and stories and, and, uh, <laughs> all the good stuff. So, uh, but unfortunately our time is up and we really appreciate you coming on here. Um, any last words you'd like to say to anybody else listening? Uh, man, nothing, nothing really stood, you know, is 
to, stands out to say. I just, you know, I want to thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, and I look forward to watching some videos and uh, checking out your guys' YouTube series. And then hopefully, you know, every person that's listening is already, you know, subscribed to you guys and um, is looking out for Elliot's next uh, hunting etiquette video. <laughs> so, but no, it's I, I appreciate you guys having me on here and hopefully we can do it again. Awesome. And can you let people know where they can find you um, on social and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I'm on, I'm just on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my Instagram name is, it's just underscore uh, Kyle, K I L E, last name Jones. Um, so, and then Facebook is just Kyle Jones. And uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me and contact me. You know, if you want to call up to Higdon, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the guys, you know, if you're looking to talk to somebody about products or anything like that, I'm, I'm one of the guys to talk to. So, um, if you want to talk duck hunting, goose hunting, turkey hunting, I love turkey hunting, so we can do that too. So, uh, but yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, thanks again, Kyle. We really appreciate you coming on. It was a blast. Any last words, Elliot? Nope. Thank you for joining us. It's been a good one. All right, folks, that's all we got for tonight. Make sure to head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Really appreciate it. It helps the podcast out a ton. Make sure to check out Kyle on his social media um, and all that kind of stuff. Stay up to tune with him uh, through the rest of the season. And that's all we got for tonight. I'm Jordan, Duckman Chronicles, Elliot Freelance, Duck Hunting, and Kyle Higdon, Mo Marsh, Power Calls. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week.